Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, Jessica and I are super excited to dive into this episode. We're going to be talking about white space and why teachers, ELA teachers who are empowered are teachers who make room for white space. And it was interesting, Jessica and I had a brief little conversation right before we started recording. You know, typically you think white space is like zoning out, you know, like when you're in the shower, I don't, I'm sure if you do the same thing, Jessica, Mm -hmm. I just zone out and I'm like, just have this time to think. And I consider, I considered and still do, but not to the same capacity that we're going to talk about white space in this particular episode. So Perhaps your concept of white space might change a little bit after listening to what we're going to discuss. So we're excited to talk with you all about this week, about or this week, I guess today, whenever you're listening to this podcast episode about white space and really why it's critical if you are going to be able to step into that role of an empowered ELA teacher. So really think about that empowered ELA teacher, what that feels like, what that word means to you, right? How you connect to that word empowered and white space is going to be a huge part of that. So if you've listened to this podcast for a while, or if you've read our book, the empowered ELA teacher, then you're familiar with what an empowered ELA teacher means, right? And if you're new to the show, welcome. We're going to talk about empowered ELA teachers all the time, right? That's what we want for all ELA teachers across the country, around the globe. And an EL, an empowered ELA teacher is a teacher who really loves their job, like really loves their job, not just on a surface, surface level, but on a deep level. We're talking, you know, there are days when you as an empowered ELA teacher might wake up before your alarm goes off because you're so freaking excited to teach that day's specific, you know, literary analysis escape room, or you can't wait to start a long walk to water with your students. Like you are just in love with your job, but not only do you love your job and have that deep sense of connectedness and passion and purpose in life through your job, it's not your whole world right? Teaching isn't the only thing that defines you when you're an empowered ELA teacher, right? You're not spending nights and weekends planning your lessons. You're not burning the candle at both ends. You're not dreading Sunday night afternoons. Like Sunday scaries aren't a thing in your life when you step into this type of existence, into this way of being an empowered ELA teacher. Right. And when you think about like, what does that actually look like, right? It means walking into your classroom each day and you've got that pep in your step. Like you're excited to see your students. You're looking forward to that lesson because you know that your students are going to be excited about the lesson you're teaching. So you're going to feed off of that. And maybe a principal is going to come in and do a surprise observation. And you're like, I've got this. I don't even care that he or she's in here right now. And then they leave you one of those, you know, glow notes on your desk and they're raving about that lesson. It feels good, right? And on top of that, you're not staying after school for hours. You're out the door when your students are, and maybe even your friends at work are starting to say like, 
I noticed something different about you. How are you able to leave like that? How are you so stress-free right now with teaching, especially this year, right? Well, a huge part of embracing that identity, of experiencing those things we just mentioned, is making room for the white space. And I'm willing to bet that some of you, you know, clicked on this episode out of habit, right? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I really need this. How is this going to benefit me? I just need, you know, a strategy for my grammar lesson, whatever it is. But I'm going to be willing to bet that you actually do need this. And you're going to start to see the benefits of making room for the white space and all the ripple effects that come because of that. So before we dive into like what exactly white space is, we want to explain why we're choosing to talk about it, right? So our goal with starting the EB Teachers Club, and it still is, it's to transform the teaching industry, to flip it on its head. And of course, yes, we want to provide you with these engaging, done-for-you lessons for your students that they're going to love, and we want to inspire you. But our main goal is to impact teachers around the world, to flip what it looks like to be a teacher. I think back to when I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I was one of those girls who played with my stuffed animals. I've mentioned this on here before, right? I knew I wanted to be a teacher from when I was like four years old. And then when I actually studied it in college, like my parents were definitely proud of me and encouraged me, but they also said like, okay, reality, you're not going to get paid a lot. How are you going to afford an apartment in Los Angeles? You know, what are you going to do? What is your day-to-day life going to be like? And I got nervous. And so we want it to be that when teachers tell their parents or tell their friends, you know what, I'm going to be a teacher, that that news is met with excitement and happiness and joy. And it's not pity about the low pay or the long hours. We truly want teaching to be a profession that doesn't induce burnout or those Sunday scaries that Caitlin mentioned, or working long past those contracted hours, because it does not have to be that way. Yeah. And instead we really want teachers for you to create a life where you get to what we say, be, do, thrive. And what that means is we want you to be the teacher that you've always wanted to be, you know, in your mind, when you close your eyes and it's like, what does teaching look like at its highest level, right? At its most excellent level. We want you to be able to have that. We want you to be able to do great work in the classroom and most importantly, thrive, not just in the classroom, but also outside of the classroom, right? That win-win approach to life. We want teachers to have all of the things, right? We want you as a teacher to have all of the things. Students who are engaged in your lessons, parents emailing you out of gratitude, like sincere gratitude for what you are doing and impacting your students' lives, their child's life, right? Awesome test score is great, right? The principal who trusts that you've just got it, Like they don't even need to come into your classroom because they knew you're doing such a great job. And also that time with your family every single night, time to travel, the time for your hobbies, the personal time to do whatever the heck you want. And with all that comes this white space. So let's face it. And this is important because like Jessica said, you know, I feel like all the times we're like, what's, what's a strategy? How can I teach grammar? Right. We don't spend enough time thinking about this type of stuff of white space or who we be right. Who we are, how we're showing up in the world, the energy that we're putting out into things. And so much of that impacts the things that we have in our lives and the things that we bring into our lives. So I want to challenge you with the thought that what got you here as a teacher in your teaching career is not going to get you there where you want to be. 
right? That empowered ELA teacher thriving in and out of the classroom. So again, whatever got you to this point in your teaching career is not going to be what gets you there to the next point in your teaching career to being that empowered ELA teacher. There's a a phrase you can't like, what is it? You're always going to get what you've always got. If you always do what you've always done or something like Ooh, that, or, or I can't, but there's something like that. Like you can't expect things to be different if you don't change any of your patterns or beliefs or behaviors. Right. So we're talking about like, you know, the, the nights, the weekends spent planning, the Pinterest rabbit hole, the PD that our principal send us to the summers revamping our lessons, right. All of that stuff that we've done in the past that may have gotten you to a point where you feel comfortable in the classroom, right? Maybe you have a grasp of your job. You're good to go ish, but are you really in a position where the profession is sustainable for you? Not just sustainable, but enjoyable. You wake up every day filled with joy to go to school, to be with your students. So how can you love teaching and have a life where you're thriving in the classroom and in your personal lives. What does that look like? And a huge part of that is going to be embracing the white space. So let's actually talk about what the heck is white space. What are you guys saying? (laughs) So in design, right? White space is the negative space. It helps us focus our visual attention and it provides balance in the design. In life, white space serves a purpose as well. If our lives are over-cluttered, over-designed, and lack balance, then we can't focus on anything properly. And I don't know about you, but that is definitely my life at times with three kids. There is so much going on. We had, I think, four baseball games total last weekend. It was a lot of scheduling and driving around. And that was just, you know, one little part of our life. So my mind is always all over the place. But the white space is where we process what's happening in our lives and then come up with a game plan whether that's an actual plan or a release of something. So again, I think that's really important to focus on here. The white space isn't just zoning out. This is what Caitlin mentioned earlier. It's where we come up with that game plan so that we can add some focus and structure to our lives and make things different. Mm -hmm. But so often, right, we don't make room for the white space because our lives are so filled with people and to-do lists and obligations and distractions. And you can think of one of the biggest distractions you have. It's probably right next to you, or you're even using it right now to listen to this. It's your phone. So how many of us are guilty of mindlessly just scrolling through our phone, checking Instagram, going on whatever site to shop, whatever you're doing on there. And you don't even realize it. And maybe your kid is by your side, you know, mom, mom, can I have a snack? Or, Hey, look at this, right? That happens to me. I've got Like I said, my three kids and Davey and Harper, they're still little. They demand my attention. And if I'm on my phone, it's almost like the blah, 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 blah behind me. And that's horrible. I need to give my focus to them, right? And that's just one moment of my day. But think of the rest of your day, right? Especially as teachers, when every single minute is scheduled for you, right? You're teaching a lesson, but maybe you're still thinking about that parent you need to email back 
Or did you remember your lean cuisine for lunch? Or what time do I have to pick up, you know, my oldest from soccer practice, whatever it is. And oh gosh, I still need to print something for tomorrow's reading lesson. Oh, but the there's a line at the copy machine, whatever it is, there's no room for white space because we are so in the moment focused on that to-do list. Mm -hmm. And so we want you to now ask yourself, right? You're like, yes, I identify. Yep. That's me. hundred percent. I am. I am participating in all of those actions, right? All of those behaviors. So we want you to ask yourself, how could you create time in your day to allow for white space? And it's not just a break or a nap or an episode of real housewives, right? Where you zone out for hour white space. Isn't about escaping or a break from daily life, though. That is important too. White space is clean and clear. And I love this. It's filled with possibility. It's a time that isn't filled with the clutter of daily life, right? The clutter of life, like Jessica just talked about the lesson plan, returning emails, et cetera, right? Then there's other things in addition to that. There's still clutter, but it's things that we love, right? Kids, partners, friends, actually teaching, right? So there's a lot of different types of examples of clutter in our lives, positive, negative, neutral, right? But when we're in the thick of it, just going through the motions of the day to day, the week to week, right? What some people call the drift, you're just drifting through life. It's really hard to see beyond that, right? How do you step step up in the drift when the drift is just taking you by every day, right? So to see what's on the other side, right, of all the responsibilities, all of the obligations, being so in the thick of things makes it really difficult to see what else is out there, right? What else is possible for your life? It's kind of like working at a school to give you an example, okay? So maybe you've been, let's say, at your school for 10 years, if you teach sixth grade, and you commute to school each day, 20 minutes, you listen to a podcast, you grab your coffee from the faculty lounge chat with your colleagues. Maybe you're in your mind, like envisioning everything I'm saying right now. You do your morning duty. You grade papers while you eat lunch. You plan during your prep, make copies after school, plan some more, et cetera. Life is routine. It's good. Just kind of is you're just kind of, you're going by, right? But what if someone told you that there was another school where you could work and it's just beyond your line of sight, right? You just can't quite see it. You haven't brought that concept or what I'm about to share as this example into existence yet. You don't know what that is, what that looks like. And at this other school, you have a prep period. You have a super, super supportive principal who gives you full autonomy over everything. You aren't required to do any yard duty at this school. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Your lessons are batch planned for you for the year. You never have to stay past the bell ringing. Your best teacher friend works there. You get to have lunch together every single day and just laugh and have fun and be joyful. Your colleagues have inspired you to be the best teacher you could, you can be at this school, right? Your students are always going to be engaged at this school and you are absolutely excited to teach every single day at this school. And maybe at your current school in your current situation, you don't even know that you're missing this. You don't even know that there's a possibility like this, that another school like that even exists. And that's because it's all just beyond, just past your line of sight, right? It's just outside of the box in which you live. And honestly, like that's how most of us live our lives. We're living in that clutter, in that busyness. And we don't even realize there might be something far greater 
than we can even imagine that's just beyond something that makes us far happier. And, you know, with this example, we're not suggesting that you up and switch schools or anything like that, where everything is perfect and happy all the time. But sometimes you can't see what else is possible out in the world when you're so immersed in the day to day of life. You're so in the thick of things. But when you create time for white space in your life, you're opening your world to that possibility that Caitlin talked about earlier in any aspect of your life. And just maybe life can be a little bit better, a little bit sweeter in whatever area you choose. So the white space is where you're taking in ideas or possibilities and then taking action. That's key. So this isn't space. It's not, you know, 20 minutes of your day to create a to-do list and check things off or anything like that. No, the goal is clarity in whatever you're trying to accomplish and then allowing yourself time to think, to be inspired, and then to walk away with peace of mind. So that's all well and good, right? But like, what does it look like? So we're going to walk you through an example that maybe you've even experienced, right? Maybe you've listened to one of our podcast episodes on your way to work, all about batch planning, and you agree with what we're suggesting. And you're like, I see those benefits. I'm going to start batch planning. But then you pull into the parking lot, you go into school, and your attention is in demand right from the start. And by the time you listen to another podcast episode on your way home from school, you've completely forgotten about batch planning. And now maybe you're listening to the benefits of silent debates and you're thinking, ooh, I should give that a try with my novel unit next week. And then hours go by and you're scrolling through Facebook and maybe you're even in the EB teaching community, right? And you see Tammy's post about her glow party that she did with her students after a narrative writing project. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. I definitely want to do that with my students. Maybe I could squeeze it into next week's lessons. And then keep scrolling and there's Jen's post about her mock trial in seventh grade. And you're like, oh, well, that also sounds good. Okay, maybe I can do that in two weeks. And all of a sudden you've forgotten your original reason for even searching in the Facebook group, let alone that batch planning episode from this morning. So there it is. It's the clutter. It's the busyness of life. Yeah. So you might be sitting quietly, you know, taking information in and it's inspiring, right? As you're scrolling through, reading things, even listening to podcast episodes, this podcast episode too, right? But it's all just adding to that clutter. It's all input, right? It's all receiving. It's all input. What are you missing? You're missing the output. But with white space, you want a balance. You get a balance between input which is taking in that information that will help you see different possibilities and the output, which is called sometimes taking inspired action. So you've been inspired by something through the input, and now you're taking that inspired action and creating output from it. So during your white space time, if you choose to listen to a podcast or you read through some posts in the Facebook group, because you're looking for just a good pre-reading activity for your next novel unit or what have you, it's not just listening to the info or reading through the different ideas. It's not just that it's not just the input. Instead, you might listen or read and then jot down some notes and create an action plan so that you're actually implementing the idea. You're actually creating, right? That's the output. And that white space, that's what allows you to get the results that you're looking for and then ultimately frees up that space in your mind. So what if you attempted to build time for white space into your week? 
nothing big. Schedule an hour or two or maybe a half an hour if that feels heavy to you. And try a new lesson plan bundle from the club. If you're an EB Teachers Club member, or maybe it's spending half an hour going through the latest choose your own adventure resource. Again, if you're an EB teacher and then making a plan for implementing it in your class in the coming month, not just the input, but the output, perhaps it's attending a batch planning live and finding the balance between taking in the ideas and actually writing out your plans, right? Think of the clarity, the focus, the positive ripple effects these examples bring when there is an equal part of input and output in your white space. That's key, that equal part of input and output in your white space, taking that inspired action, not just constantly living in a world of input. It's overwhelming, it's daunting, it's heavy. So when you create that equal part of input and that equal part of output in your white space, I want you to think about, How will that open up possibilities for you? How will that allow you to see what's just beyond your line of sight and the opportunities for growth and peace of mind, right? And happiness. If you want something different, you can't keep doing what you've always done, which has been living in a place of input. It's now time to live in a place of both input and output. So hopefully that episode gives you just a different perspective, a different way to look at this term white space now probably means nothing to you like what you thought it was before in the past and that you start existing and being in a place where you take inspired action, where you become a different type of person as opposed to just someone who sits and takes and inputs, and that's it. But someone who actually takes action forward differently to move outside your box, to see what's possible for yourself in your life because you have granted yourself and gifted yourself this time for white space. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Hi, everyone. 